eight o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo show here on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Let's see. Yes, LeBron James. We were just talking about this in the last segment. He's going to miss. He is going to oh. miss tonight's game against the Dallas so, Mavericks. So they're going to lose that game to Dallas, and they are going to fall out of the playoff picture after that because they cannot finish in a tie. <laughs> With San Antonio or New Orleans, because we discussed this yesterday, they don't have the tiebreaker over either of those teams. No, they don't. In fact, it got to the point this morning where Brian Windhorst said on SportsCenter, man, the Spurs are going to pass the Lakers by the end of the week, guys. For all intents and purposes, the Spurs and Lakers are tied right now based on the tiebreaker? Yeah, the Spurs have the tiebreaker. And really bad news, they play the Trailblazers twice at home in the next five days. The Spurs are probably going to be ahead of the Lakers by the end of the week. <laughs> they might be ahead of the Lakers by the end of the night. So our, poll question, <laughs> our poll question yesterday, Do we have? I'd love to get an update on that. Like, what, what did it finish? Because do you want the Lakers to play the Suns so the Suns could humiliate them, which they would do? Or do you want the Lakers not even make the playoffs and just suffer that embarrassment of not making it the playoffs? It was running about 75-25 when we last checked it towards the end of the it. show. It's, it's about the same. 73.8% yeah. say miss it and let them suffer. 26.2% say make it and let the Suns beat them. Okay. All right. Almost I mean, I'm in the minority there. I'd love, I'd love to play them because you can't lose. I mean, you, you, they can't beat you. Yeah. I'm not afraid of them. I think last year I was a little concerned, but uh, this year there would be absolutely no concern. No, uh, there, there wouldn't be. And, and, look, I'd be fine either way. I, I'm, I'd be very happy to see the Lakers not make the playoffs. So, again, LeBron I James. Think, I think there's players on that team that would be very happy not to see the Lakers I think make so, the playoffs. I, I look, so they don't have to get humiliated and, and get swept in four games by Phoenix. Honestly, I think if you gave LeBron James truth serum right now, he might say, yeah, you know what, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. Let, let's, well, let's see how many games he sits out down the stretch. Yeah. That may ultimately determine it. Yeah, that might. Oh, we didn't make the playoffs because LeBron was hurt and AD was hurt. Yeah. Okay, you guys probably sat on purpose. The Phoenix Suns continue to be, or are really starting to be, let me phrase it that way, really starting to be now the talk of the NBA. And maybe they're not going to win MVP, and maybe, I don't know what's going to happen with Mikel and these individual awards. I have no idea how they're going to turn out. But one thing is real clear, and over the course of this hour, we're going to play a lot of sound from a lot of national people who are talking about the Phoenix Suns. One thing is really, really clear. They are really starting to get a lot of traction and a lot of tension and a lot of people talking about them. No, wait, guys, you got to understand just how good this basketball team is and how rare this basketball team is. Richard Jefferson this morning on Get Up was, you know, his top five contenders for an NBA championship. But of course, he had the Phoenix Suns number one, and he was asked the question why he didn't have Philly in his top five. And what he said kind of touched a nerve a little bit, Gambo. I just think that they have too much. They gave away a lot of their depth. And, and look, it's it looks good. Their team is very good. But if you look at all of these teams up here, there's nothing here that is stopping any of these teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ja Morant, but we know that they're dominant without Ja Morant. All of these other teams have been pushing in the same direction all year long. Very little drama in Phoenix. They won without their starting backcourt multiple games. No drama in, in, in uh, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Uh, the Celtics, they got up to a slow start, brand new coach, a new system, but they have been the best, one of the best teams since January 1. The Heat, they're just always going to do what the Heat are going to do. They're consistent. They have you know the same approach from top to bottom. So all of these teams also have the least amount of drama on their squad. And it's funny because it's that no drama. We don't want no drama that Colin Cowherd was talking about this morning, too. They're more fun to watch than anybody else in the league. They play at a pace that's fantastic. They pass. They don't rely on the three-point shot, but they can hit it. They're the best watch in the NBA, bar none. Why don't we talk about them? 
The truth is, there's no drama. The coach is chill. The players are chill. You know, Phoenix is a big enough city to talk about. We talk about Milwaukee. But you know, we used to talk about Milwaukee more when we thought Giannis was going to leave. Now that he's not and they've won, nobody talks about Milwaukee. You buy it? No drama? Is that why they don't get the national attention? No, I think they, I, I think that they, I think that they get national attention, but it's just not as much as they deserve because what happened when the Suns played the Lakers? I unfortunately, I had the NCAA tournament uh, uh, bracketology was on that day before the tournament started. And I always watch the games on Bally Sports Arizona because they do such a great job. I actually had the ESPN feed on. And what did they open up the Lakers-Suns game with? Lakers Three talk. minutes on LeBron James. Like, they are very committed nationally to covering New York, L.A., Chicago, bigger media markets, bigger fan bases. Um, there's a hell of a lot more people, you know, in, in Los Angeles than there are here and in New York than there are here. And so they cater. They cater to those People And so the, you get the short end of the stick because, um, you know, the, the Suns don't get the coverage and the Bucks don't get the coverage that they deserve. Do they cover them? Yes. They just don't cover them as enough as we believe they should. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I was I, I was watching. I was actually watching Get Up Live this morning, which is really rare because I don't often watch that show. Nothing personal. I just don't often watch that show. But I was actually watching that segment with Richard Jefferson live. And so he unveils his top five. And it's pretty much exactly what you would expect. It's the Suns. Suns one, it's the Bucks two, it's Boston three, it's Miami four, it's Memphis five. It's pretty much how you would expect. And of course, the first follow-up question was, well, how come the Warriors aren't in your top five? How come the Nets aren't in your top five, right? And it goes just like right to what you're talking about. It's like, those are the teams with the drama. Those are the teams in those markets. Those are the teams that typically kind of drive this NBA engine. And so even when they're not in a top five list like this, there's this effort to try to steer the conversation towards them a little bit. Like, right? Like, well, I see your top five. Where's Brooklyn? Oh, I see your top five. Where's Steph? Where's the, where are the Warriors? How come they're not in your top five? And, and there is. There's just this natural inclination to want to steer the conversation to markets like that and teams like that and players like that. Cowherd's like, I don't always agree with what Cowherd says. He's absolutely right about the Suns. They are almost too chill for their own good. You know, in terms of getting that attention, because yeah. they just Monty's a chill dude, and Devin Booker's a star, but he doesn't come across like a star, and Chris Paul's a star, but he doesn't come across like one. There's no drama, there's no infighting, there's no nothing, man. They just go out and win every single night, and sometimes that's not always the best thing to talk about on a national platform. Drama, drama. I mean, we're trying to think what drama have they had? DeAndre Ayton not getting a contract extension. That was big is drama. Little, is there a little drama? There was there, a year ago. Yes, there was drama about that. Wouldn't you say? Um, you got the drama with the investigation that's going on. That's been real quiet. Okay, but it was still drama. Oh, it was still drama. I'm just saying lately. Uh, when it first came down, oh, hell yeah. When it first happened, that was drama okay. to the nth degree. Well, I'm just trying to keep. I'm, I'm just trying to top of the top of your mind. Like what? What uh, should drama? Should you know Booker be an All Star? I mean, should I mean not All Star? Should he be an MVP? Is that drama? Eh, I think we're only talking about that. I don't know if nationally. That's much of a talking point. I think we're talking about that here. But I agree with you. The Aiden thing was national drama. And the investigation was certainly national drama and certainly still is. I mean, as soon as we find whenever that's announced, whatever that whatever it's going to be, that's going to become a national story almost immediately. The second it drops, it just hasn't happened yet. We don't know what it's going to be.
you know? Right, right. Yeah, they're pretty drama-free. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty drama-free. They love playing with each other. There's no – the other day, the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio were about to come to blows with each other. Exactly. exactly. Okay, that's drama. James Harden is drama. The Nets and Kyrie Irving is drama. Like, the, like, like the Miami Heat said that was – the Lakers are drama. The Jazz aren't drama. The Memphis Grizzlies don't really have any drama. Nope. The Milwaukee Bucks certainly don't have any like that. Yeah, I mean, there's no drama there. Nope. There's no drama. Colin Cowherd went on to say that he called the Suns a rare dynasty that just doesn't get talked about that much. Phoenix could be the rare dynasty we never talk about. They don't have flashy players. It's not a flashy coastal city. Their coach, Monty Williams, is one of the most chill guys in the league. They have virtually no egos. And, by the way, Mikhail Bridges, they already paid him. Devin Booker, they already paid him. Chris Paul, they already paid him. Now they're going to have a decision on Aiton, who I would pay, and I'd figure out a way to do it. I'd go over the cap. I would keep them all together, keep the band together, pay whatever you got to pay in the salary cap. they got an ownership issue. That's another segment. But it's interesting. If you're Phoenix right now, you're probably looking at the media going, look at this bias. You're totally right. <laughs> but, but, but I tell you, I tell you, where you're right and where Colin's right, because he brought it up there, too. This offseason, you want drama? There's going to be drama this offseason when it comes to Aiton and that contract. That, okay, now that is going to be, especially if they win it all, and there's some, you know, it, it's not automatic. It doesn't happen right away. It doesn't, he doesn't get maxed out if it stretches out the way it did last year or, or there's some kind of debate about it. Oh, baby, then that becomes drama, Gambo. Big time. Big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they if they trade him, if somebody signs him to an offer sheet, if they decide they don't want to give him max contract, I mean, would he even would he settle for less or is he going to try to force his way out? Yeah, that could be today. Decide, hey, we've got to pay. We're going to have to, you know, book his all-NBA first or second team. He's going to get a super max. We're going to have to redo Cam Johnson. Can't lose Cam Johnson. We're going to bring back JaVel McGee because we really like him, and we just can't afford to pay DeAndre Ayton that contract. I mean, could something like that happen? It's possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it's possible. This is your last shot to participate in the madness. Text the word BUCKS to 62620. Choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. Again, text the word BUCKS to 62620. The Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks. It's presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. We are one month away from the NFL draft, and the Cardinals still have needs. Lots and lots and lots of needs. So who are some of the prospects that Steve Kime could be looking at? It's time to start looking at the draft, and we will next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. Four weeks and two days, Gambo. Four weeks and two days. The NFL draft. Oh, yeah. I was thinking 30 days. Now you're, yeah, four weeks and two days. Yeah, there you go. Four weeks. Yeah, basically. Yeah, 30, 30 days. 30 days. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're, you're right. That's a simpler way of putting it. I don't know why I was trying to get all fancy on that. 30 days. And it is okay. With 30 it's a days. poem. Like 30 days has September and November. And it's, it's, it's like a, it's a, about, it's a, uh, a, 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 a mnemonic way for you to has remember. September, yeah. and April, June, October, and November. November. Yeah. To remember which months have 30 yeah, days, not 31 days. Yeah. Well, wait, wait. No, Mitch had it. What was it, Mitch? 30 days, half September, 
April, June, and November. All the rest 31 except for February, which has 28 or 29. That's good. It's good. Look at Mitch. With yeah. the, I've on. heard that 4,000 times. I can't remember. <laughs> you know what? I don't have any idea. What Whatever my iPhone tells me, I just go with that. If my iPhone tells me there's 31 days, it's 31 days. If my iPhone <laughs> says there's 30, it's 30. And I just kind of leave it at that, right? It's like I don't right. know. Although there are, there, are, there are some months where I go, wait a minute, there's not... There's not uh, 31 days in June, right, or whatever it is, right? You just there's certain months you just kind of know there's, there's not that, a, thir- a June 31st. There's yeah. that great Parks and Recreation episode where April forgets that March 31st is an existing date and put all of Ron's meetings on the 31st of March, thinking it wasn't a real. Thinking date. it wasn't a real day. Yeah, that's funny. Well, the NFL draft is very much a real day in Gambo. Um, it is. It, I, it's time to start thinking about it a little bit, right? I mean, it, it's time. Sure. Don't you think? Especially yeah. given where the Cardinals are picking. And free agency, it, it, it seems like most of the heavy lifting, there's certainly still moves the Cardinals can make, will make, should make. I'm not saying it's over, but it's probably time to start looking ahead towards the NFL draft a little bit, isn't it? No, I think there's no question. I mean, they've got a first-round pick. They have a second-round pick. They have a third-round pick. Uh, they do not have a fourth. They do not have a fifth, but they do have a couple sixths, and they have a bunch of sevens. So Cardinals are in a pretty good spot with that first-round pick and second-round pick. At one point, they were the only team in the division to have a first-round pick, and in Seattle traded Russell Wilson. They got a first-round pick. They'll pick ahead of the Cardinals. But I think we're looking at that, and I know they're looking at that, too, to you know, to, to really hit and address some of the important needs they have, especially at wide receiver. I've talked about Chris Olave, the wide receiver from Ohio State, who I think they like a lot, and an edge rusher. I think that they will look to go get that edge rusher in the draft. I mean, there's no way that they don't come out of this draft without an edge rusher or a wide receiver. Now, whether those guys can be impact players and play or not, I mean, time will tell, but there's no way that they don't come out of the draft with a, with a player that can rush the passer uh, from the collegiate level and then a player that is a quality wide receiver. Yeah, that's what they're gonna. That's what they're gonna look for. And I think the big question for me going into the draft, uh, this is, and, and we'll know more about this over the next thirty days, and certainly on draft day, is for the last two years. The Arizona Cardinals they have drafted a player, and last year in particular in Zayvon Collins, they drafted a player with the strict intention of, that's our starter, that's our guy. We, we drafted a player we expect to play right away. The last two first-round picks for the Cardinals did not play right away. In fact, hardly played at all right away. It took Isaiah Simmons half of a season before he was playing on a semi-regular basis. Zayvon Collins never really played on a regular basis for the Cardinals last year. And the point I'm trying to make is that I wonder this year if there'll be more of an emphasis put on a player who is ready to go right now because it seems to me with the way free agency is gone, they're probably going to need a player that they draft to be able to play right now. See what I mean? Like it's sure. the, the idea of drafting a guy and sitting him for a year. I don't know if you can do that in 2022 if you're the Cardinals. Well, I, I, you just got too many needs and you need a plug and play guy in some regards. There's been three there's been three players that have been chosen with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach in the first round. The first one did play right away. It was Kyler Murray. The next two were defensive players that were linebackers, much more, you know, different. I mean, listen, Kyler, Kyler Murray's position is difficult to play, too, but they didn't have anybody else that could play it. The other two positions, they had veteran guys that just knew the spot better, and those guys played over Isaiah Simmons and over Zayvon Collins. I think if you go get 
you know, a wide receiver or somebody whose primary responsibility is to just rush the passer, I think it'd be a lot easier than having to learn all the nuances of being a, a linebacker and figuring out defenses and lining up and calling defenses. And especially with Isaiah, they had him play in five different positions. So I do think if they just go get a wide receiver, there's a better chance. There are certain positions, and you know this, there are certain positions that you draft a guy and it, it's it's a lot easier for that guy to come in and learn to play but can play. And wide receiver is one of those positions. Yeah, there was a story on PFF.com Pro Football Focus. Top five prospects at every position in the 2022 NFL draft were hyper-focused on wide receiver and edge defender uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, those are those are clear and obvious needs of the team right now. And certainly when it comes to edge defender, that's a clear and obvious need for the organization long-term. Wide receiver is a clear and obvious need for the team long-term. DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be here forever. The top five guys they have at wide receiver are Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Drake London from USC, Chris Olave from Ohio State, Jameson Williams from Alabama, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Those are the top I would, five. I would focus on the Alabama kid and the Ohio State kid. I think they really like those two. Now, got to see. You know, you look at the top wide, the top five wide receivers, and you say, okay, you start to look at mocks. You try to figure it out. Is there going to be a run on wide receivers? Is there going to be a run here? And you know, where they're picking is 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 you know, I'm a little worried about where they're picking because sometimes there are runs. Will there be five players at one of those positions of need that are that that are gone by then? Probably not. I mean, it's more likely. But what what hurts this year is the lack of quarterbacks. What hurts is that you're not going to have five quarterbacks taken before the Cardinals pick because the quarterbacks, you know, it's just not that considered considered very good. So right. you're not going to have that. So, you know, teams may not rush to draft the quarterback in that top 20. Uh, maybe one will or two will. Um, I've seen tons of projections where you know there's only one gone. More than likely, there'll be two gone. But there's not going to be five quarterbacks gone like there is you know most years by the time you're at the 12th pick. Every year, that is the best thing in the world to happen for teams that don't need quarterbacks is to have a bunch of quarterbacks go, and it just pushes all those good players down to you. you know? and, and you're right. This year, there is so much uncertainty about the quarterbacks that are available. And, and so much, honestly, too many question marks about the quarterbacks that are available in the draft. I don't. I don't see a lot of that happening. There will be, of course, a couple of teams that will take a quarterback. I'm sure Carolina is going to take a quarterback. They don't really have a quarterback of the right. They're going to draft one of the guys. You got to figure that. I'm sure if we looked at it, Detroit will probably take one of the quarterbacks with one of their. I'm, I'm sure a couple of the guys are going to go. I've heard Bernsey that there are some teams that kind of feel like, look, that's the next. The, the next year's draft is going to be better for quarterbacks. Stay out of it this year. Don't get one of these guys. You know, go. Don't get small hands or any of these players, and, and just wait till next year. Take your lumps with who you have. Small hands. Small hands. Pit to pit guy. Poor guy. Kenny Pickett. It's just Kenny Pickett. Be small hands. That's all we're going to call him yeah. from here on. <laughs> no, I mean there. There's been talk that is it is it worth it if you are Detroit or Carolina? I mean, if you draft a quarterback in the first round this year. You might end up have, having to pull the Cardinals next year if the guy's no good. So are you better off just taking your lumps with Sam Darnold, who you've got to pay, or Jared Goff, who you've got to pay, get through, the, get through a year, be bad again, and then go back into it next year? 
there's, you know, unless you can get that guy in a second round, but the first round, the amount of money you got to pay the guy and the feeling of being committed, unless you love the guy, right? If you don't love the player, are you better off waiting it out, having another, you know, crappy year and then having a much better quarterback class available to you next year? Yeah, and I'd tell you from a Cardinals perspective, you brought this up yesterday, and man, it's been stuck in my head ever since. The idea, you're looking at the edge rushers who are available potentially in the first round. Yeah. You trade your second round pick for an established edge rusher in this game, I would have zero problem with that. Zero. Because, yeah. the, the, listen, I mean, we've talked about the, 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 Edge rushers that are available right now, and um, you know one of the guys. I mean, one of the guys have been brought up is Jadavian Clowney. He's rated as what the best edge rusher still there. Uh, uh, yes, in free agency. Yes, yeah, that is just that's just not a guy that that's not a guy that I would see. I would I would play the don't fear the reaper on the Cardinals going after Jadavian Clowney. There is a, I think a zero percent chance they would have any interest in Jadavian Clowney. Well, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's linked the Cardinals to Jadavian Clowney. No, so I don't know no, but no. I mean, but we 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 look at edge rushes and we say, okay, who's the best one available? And he's considered the best one available. But the Cardinals have no interest in him. And you know, there's not a lot of great edge rushers. I think. Look, can they get one in free agency as a depth guy? Probably, but man, they, you almost have to hit in the draft on somebody who can rush the passer. Yeah. When we come back, historically, the Suns are one of the best teams, and not just in their own franchise history, but in the history of the NBA. And they have a chance with these last few games to land in some truly historical territory when it comes to their team and what they can end up doing. We'll tell you what that is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Gambadero, Dave Burns, the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Suns not in action until tomorrow night when they take on the Golden State Warriors. Seven games left on the season, Gambo. It's, it's, it's funny. I was thinking about I was thinking about something you said yesterday when I was thinking about the Suns. Okay. And I was thinking about, okay, there are seven games left. The regular season ends on April 10th. The Phoenix Suns playoff run won't start until April 16th at the earliest. I think that's the first day the actual NBA playoffs that aren't the play-in tournament begins. I, I do wonder at what point, like as hosts, as fans, as anybody who's been invested in this team the way we are right now, like at what point are we going to get to the, okay, let's just play these playoffs now kind of thing? You know, when are we are we getting um, are we starting to get impatient? Now. Are you there now? N- but now, now because now but there's nothing. <sighs> I guess you could. I guess some people might say just get the franchise record, which is what one win away, one win from tying, tying two wins from two passing. Wins? Yeah. Okay, all right. I'll, all right, so I'll 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 say two more wins. Two more wins. You've got the franchise record. I don't care about 66, 67, 68. Get the franchise record. You'll always be able to make the argument this is the best Suns team that, that, that there ever was, and you'll have that to back it up. You'll have that to back it up. Why, well, why are they the best team? They have the most wins. <laughs> no Suns team ever had more wins. And obviously you want to be able to back that up by saying they won a championship or they got further than any other team has gone. And, you know, I mean, last year's team. I mean, can you make the argument that's the best Suns team of all time? They didn't have a franchise record for wins. They uh, had a great season. They made it to the NBA Finals, but so did Barkley's team, and so did 
um, uh, the team in the 60s. 70s. The 76 team. Steve heard They yep. made it to the NBA Finals. They lost to the Celtics. The Barkley team lost to the Bulls. Um, you can make an argument. Uh, I mean, some people might argue that the Nash Amari Marion teams were better than last year's team. So I think the franchise record, along with the deep playoff run, takes out any doubt that this is the best Suns team yeah, of all time. The so question, I'll say two more wins. The, the question you had asked yesterday was, you know, was I watching the Philly game any differently on Sunday? And and no, I, I, I wasn't. But at some point, I am going to start watching these games a little bit differently, right? I, I'm not going to watch them maybe as intently as I was before because there is going to be very much a, okay, let's go, playoffs, ready, you know, let, let's, enough of this. This is great and all, but enough of this. Let's go to where it really matters. Um, this Phoenix Suns team is cruising right now and are really starting to get not only the attention that they deserve, but really some of the some of the projections are starting to very favorably kind of project where they could end up. And what I'm talking about is Bill Simmons. In part, what I'm talking about is Bill Simmons on his podcast this past weekend. Man, he and Ryan Rossillo spent a ton of time talking about the Phoenix Suns and how 66 in his mind is a magic number in terms of wins for the Suns. And I'll let him explain why. I think 66 wins is the cutoff for if you go 66 and 16 or higher, something really happened. So, all right, going down 2016 Warriors 73 9, 96 Bulls 72 10, 97 Bulls 69 and 13. The underrated kind of, oh yeah, by the way, our, our second best season 69 13. 72 Lakers, same thing, 69 13. Wilt 67 6 or 68 13. And then the 73 South, 68-14. Okay, that's not the one I wanted to play there, but you can tell. Yeah, he's going through all the teams that, that won all those games, the Celtics and uh, uh, the Warriors and the Bulls. He's going through all the teams that won more games than what the Suns have won right now. He, he kind of puts it in this perspective, though. So there are 17 teams that have gotten a 66 wins or better. I mentioned this because I just mentioned 17 teams. So there's 17 best records ever. 12 titles. One of them lost in the finals. And then the other four times didn't work out. But 12 titles. So if you're 66 or higher, you already have a two-thirds chance to win the title, according to history. And that's kind of the rarefied air we're talking about now with the, the Suns. Two-thirds chance to win a title? Yeah. that, that you If you can get to 66, and, and I don't know if this is what's driving them or not. I have no idea. It's probably not. They probably just want to win whatever basketball game is on the schedule that night. But if they can get to 66 wins... Now you start talking about the, this, the the history of the league that basically says you get to that number, you very rarely lose the NBA championship. I mean, you, you almost always get there. 13 of the 17 got there. 12 of the 13 won it all when they got there, when they get to 66 wins. And it, it does seem like people are starting to understand, holy crap. This is like a, a little mini dynasty the Suns have going on right now with how many games they've won this year. All right. Uh, this is going to be pretty easy. I think you're going to agree with me. How many times have we brought up the biggest what-ifs in the history of Arizona sports? Many, many times. Many times. The many biggest what-ifs. What if this didn't happen? What if Amari and Boris didn't come off the bench? What if they, we bring up the what-ifs all the time? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt about it with the, with the local teams here. You know, what if... Um, you know, what if what if San Antonio Holmes' foot was on the line, you know? Or he didn't get the second toe down. Or he didn't get the second toe down. Or some people down. think he didn't get the second toe down. Whatever, right. Yeah. I mean, what, we, if, we'll, what if Joe Germain does it at David Boston with that pass and ASU wins the roles? Like this, uh, and the national champions, not only national, they would have been the national champions, ASU. You know, there's a lot of what ifs. There's no question in my mind that the biggest disappointment in the history of Arizona sports would be if this Suns team doesn't win a championship. 
There's no other. There's nothing else that you could even that to me that would even compare. And some people could say, well, yeah, there's. But to me, this would be the this team is this team has to win a championship. They, they, don't, they don't need to win a championship. They have to win a championship. They may want to and they may need to, but they have to. They have to. This is this is the this is the, the biggest no brainer we've had here. This is the there's no team. There was no team that was destined to win a championship more than this team is in any sport. And any not the Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, not nobody, not nothing. Nothing. Not Lute Olson's team that won it. I mean, no team that has come out of this state has ever been more destined to win a championship than this team. They don't need to win it. They don't want they have to win the championship. I agree with every word. I agree with every word. They have to. They have to. And, and it, it, you hate to, man, it sucks to go into something as fun as the NBA playoffs with such heavy expectations, right? I mean, that's just, man. They it's, put it on themselves. I, I know they did. And, and, and I'm, just, I'm just talking more as a fan now, right? Like as a fan, you kind of want to be in that whole, hey, let's just enjoy the ride. Every single game is fun. Man, we get into playoffs time, and, and it's, it's going to be fun but at the same time, it's going to be a grind on you as a fan because you are absolutely correct. There will be, there can be no other acceptable outcome to the Phoenix Suns other than winning an NBA championship. Patriots lost. The Patriots went undefeated, lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Colossal failure of a season. Absolutely. They didn't win a championship. You can say, oh, you want it, but oh, they won all these games. How could it be if it was a failure? It's an absolute failure. Seattle Mariners, remember that year they won 100 and how many games did they win? What was it 116? Crazy amount of games? I think it was failure. 116. Yeah. It's a failure. Phoenix Suns are going to win 67, 68, 66, 67. It's a failure if they don't win at all. Yep. And, it, you know, you listen, that kind of sucks. <laughs> that's, um, well, that's what I mean. Is, but that's yeah. the pressure. But that's fine. But that's fine. And, and, if, if it sucks, it sucks. And, that, and that's sort of what I mean by as a fan. It, it's, it, it does, it, it, in a way, that kind of sucks. Because it, it doesn't, you know, there's this, like, last year was just joy. It was just nothing but, man, this is fun. This is great. This is awesome. I mean, even when they lost the finals, not that we were happy that they lost the finals. They were up 2-0, and they were up big in the first quarter of Game 5. They didn't have to win it last year. I agree, and that's kind of where I was going. They didn't have to win it for us to be satisfied. Last year was a very satisfying season if you were a Phoenix Suns fan. 100%. This year... You got to win the championship. Otherwise, it is going to be very unsatisfying. It's going to be like this big, empty hole in your heart if they don't win it this year. And that sucks, but that's life. That's just how, that's just well, how it is. This big, there's, there is nothing else when you've had. Look, if you win 60 games and you know it goes down to you get the number one seed and you get the. Okay, the Utah Jazz last year had the number one seed in the NBA playoffs. Right? Was that a failure for them? Not, no. Those teams didn't. A lot of people didn't think the Jazz were going to win the championship last year, but they had the best record. Yeah. Jazz had the best record. They had home, home court advantage throughout the playoffs. They, you know, they had Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. They didn't win the championship. Is that a colossal failure? No. It was a, it wasn't a special season. No. It's a really good season. It's, it wasn't a special season. It wasn't a record-breaking season. The Phoenix Suns have basically, you know, outside of that really miserable start, I mean, it basically, you know, outside of that, have gone coast to coast. I mean, they jumped to the best record, and they've held on to the best record, and they, they've been the best team basically all year long. They've been the best team. Yeah. So for them not to win it is, you know, again, they want to win it, yes. They need to win it. 
Yeah, I mean, this, this this team has to win the championship. And that, they have to. And that was sort of Bill Simmons' point, I think his overarching point, is is that not, not so much that they have to win it, although I think he would agree that they do, that teams that are having the kind of season that the Suns do, man, that is just rarefied air. That that's And I, I, while you were talking, I was going through the NBA standings just year by year looking back, and most of the time, most of the time, the team with the best record in the NBA is sitting at 59 wins, 60 wins, 61 wins. Those are good seasons. Those are nice seasons. Those are garden variety good seasons in the NBA. Man, you start talking about 66, 67, 68. Those just don't come along very often, right? Verified air. Very, you know, the Warriors did it a bunch, but you really have to search. And then, and I want to play one more real quick from Bill Simmons, because what he also pointed out was that, that it, well, actually, I don't have time to play it. I'll just tell you what he said, is that if you look at teams that get to 66 wins and are nine games or more better than the second-best team in the NBA... Well, they're really breaking this down, huh? They, those teams never lose. Those teams don't lose the NBA Finals. Those A team like that has never lost the NBA Finals. Because they're that much better than everybody else. that much better than everybody you're else. nine, ten games better than everybody else. Yep. Yeah, you're, you know. You get to 66 wins. to win it. Yes, you get you're to 66 destined. wins, and you've got a nine-game lead over the next closest team. A team like that in the history of the NBA has never lost the NBA championship. Ever. I don't, I mean, listen, I may be different here, and I know a lot of people with the jinxes and everything. I get it. I mean, I get it, right? They've never won a championship. Don't jinx them. I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's anybody that can beat them. You don't think there's anybody that can beat them. I mean, I start to think in terms of, boy, I wonder, like, I wonder they're going to play three series in the Western Conference. Okay, they're going to get 12 wins to get to the NBA Finals. I wonder if they'll lose more than two games. I'm, being, I'm just like, I'm being dead serious. I know. I know. You mentioned like, that's that yesterday. That's how highly, but that's not... That's up. That's how highly I think of this team. Yeah, I think so highly of them that I find it like I think it's I find it hard to see this team losing. They play so well, it's hard to see this team losing a game. How many times have we talked this week about other coaches and other people say, "Man, you got to play a perfect game to beat them." You play. You can't make a mistake and beat the Suns. We slice Doc Rivers, Michael Malone. They've both okay. basically said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm starting to think, man. I don't. don't I'm not saying they're going to go 12 and 0 through the Western Conference and then go 16 and 0 in the playoffs. But you do start to think about like I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I can't see them losing many basketball games in the playoffs. ASU baseball's in full swing. Head to the contest page, ArizonaSports.com, for your chance to win tickets to see the Sun Devils take on Cal this weekend. The NFL meetings are going on this week which means we have lots of stuff to talk about from the NFL, and that includes the Cardinals' division rival in San Francisco and what they may or may not do with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Many of the quarterback dominoes in the NFL have pretty much already fallen this offseason. There are a couple of notable exceptions. Carolina didn't get a quarterback. There's still question marks in Detroit. But as far as players, Gambo, and where they could go, there is still one very unresolved situation, and that is Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers and what's going to end up with the division rival of the Arizona Cardinals and what it's what are they going to do with Jimmy G and it, and in some ways it's not a perfect comparison but in some ways all of this kind of talk coming out of whether it's John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan it reminds me of when the Cardinals 
were going to draft Kyler Murray, had drafted Kyler Murray, still had Josh Rosen on the roster, and everybody with a pulse knew there was no way the Arizona Cardinals were keeping Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray on the same roster. Just no way. It was never, right, right. never going to come to pass, and everybody knew it. But the Cardinals couldn't come out and say that because they had to continue to try to create some sort of market for Josh Rosen, right? You can't just, you, you, you've got to make people believe, oh, yeah, we can keep both. We'll yeah, keep them. We'll, we'll keep them. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll keep them. We're not going to trade them. <laughs> right? And, and you just, man. you knew, I mean, you and I were on the air together those days. We're like, come on, man, you're not keeping them. We all know you're not keeping them. You can't keep them. I remember we thought it was Miami. We thought it was Miami. And then Miami had two second round picks. And when it wasn't the first second round pick, you're like, oh, my God. It was like they ended up with the second. <laughs> Second round pick, the Garoppolo thing—it's a bad situation. I mean, there's no like there is a bad situation here. Like I think they they overvalued the the quarterback and they, they thought the marketplace would would want him. And then he's got shoulder surgery, right. so uh, it's very possible that they will have the most expensive backup in the NFL next year if they decide to go with Trey Lance as their quarterback. John Lynch, the general manager of the Niners yesterday, said from the owners' meetings, "We, I do not foresee us releasing Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't foresee that. He's too good a player, you know, so um, I don't foresee that. And, um, you know, I think Jimmy will be playing for us, so he'll be playing for someone else. He's too good a player not to be. Kyle Shanahan added he can see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster next year. Doesn't seem likely because they're ready to move on. Um, but, it quote, if we can't upgrade our team in another way, we're not just going to get rid of a good quarterback because we have other quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, so that they're, he said he can see a scenario where they're both on the roster next year. I'm not going to lie to you. I can't see a scenario where both quarterbacks are on the roster next year. I just don't. I, no, I, their, their, their options are they can cut him once he's healthy. You can't cut him now, but you could cut him, cut him once he's healthy, gets into training camp, you know, and uh, that, that's an option. You cut the guy. Um, they cut him before the final year of his contract. It's only a $1.4 million dead cap space hit. So, but then your backup is Nate Sudfeld to 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 Lance. The other option is, you know, to to keep him. But you know, Trey Lance has been assured that he's going to be the quarterback. Right. I think they even kind of basically said they were going to get get rid of Garoppolo. But the other option is hold is to 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 hold on to him. Um, you know, I mean, why, why would an NFL team want to trade for a $25 million quarterback who's coming off a shoulder injury? They don't. There is nobody. Nobody's going to trade for – he's got $25 million under his contract. He's got a, He's coming off a shoulder surgery, um, and he's not even like a top 15, top 20 signal caller. Right. Like, he's decent. I like him a little bit, but, like, I don't think anybody's going to trade for him and take on that money when the 49ers may have to cut the guy. So the option is cut him. Or just keep them. You know, now, neither one's a good situation, right? Neither one is a good situation. They probably thought they were going to get something for him. They're not going to. Um, there's no value that they have for him. they got to move on to Trey Lance. They want to move on to Trey Lance. The other thing is you keep them, but, like, what kind of problem is that going to cause inside that locker room? Well, yeah, especially if Lance and Kyle Shanahan doubled down on it yesterday. We believe Trey Lance can absolutely start. That's why we looked into trading Jimmy, because we obviously believe that Trey can be a starter, and we're ready to do that. But if uh, we can't upgrade our team in another way, we're not just going to get rid of a good quarterback because we have other quarterbacks on the roster. And quarterbacks are really hard to come by. Some teams don't have any at all. And the fact that we have three that we're 
happy with, um, that is a good thing. Uh, you always want to upgrade your team, and usually only one guy can play. And we know we have some guy, all guys that are capable of starting, which Jimmy's done a great job for us. We brought Trey here to be that eventually, um, and I think that'll be sooner than later. But um, when Jimmy gets his surgery, and um, we can't upgrade our team by getting some good picks until surgery, until people feel good about that, I'm all right with that. You know, that's Kyle Shanahan earlier. Can't do it. No. No. I mean, you think about the locker room, right? How divided is the locker room going to be if Trey Lance goes out there and doesn't play well early on? And you got players calling for Jimmy Garoppolo, fans calling for Jimmy Garoppolo. If Nate Sudfeld, you back up. Nobody's going to say a damn thing, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, Trey Lance struggles a little bit. We're going to, we're going to keep, keep stick with the kid. But if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup, they've won a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback. There's players on that team. You're going to have a house divided, and that's not that would not be good for Trey Lance. So I think their options. You know, I don't. Think either, I don't think either option is a good option for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the other big news coming out of the NFL today, and I'll let Ian Rappaport deliver it, the overtime rules, postseason only, have been changed. In talking to coaches and talking to owners over the past couple of days, the sense I got was, guys, this was more popular among owners than it was in coaches. Coaches were a little more reserved. I know plenty of the coaches I spoke with were like, can we just play defense? Why do we have to change? But enough owners wanted to make this change. It ended up being 29 to three was the vote on the compromise solution. It's not the original Eagles coach proposal. That was for changing overtime where both teams got a possession in the regular season and playoffs. It is just the playoffs. Just the playoffs. So overtime in the regular season, it's still the same. You win the coin toss, you go down, you score a touchdown, game is over. If you don't, then the game continues. In the postseason, it's different. You win the coin toss, you go down, you score a touchdown, the other team will get an opportunity to possess the ball, even if you score a touchdown on the opening possession. Call it the Josh Allen rule, if you want, Gambo. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I like it. I mean, I think, you know, like, you know, like big baseball playoffs and stuff, right? You could have a guy on second base during a regular, you know, regular season with that California. We can't do that in the playoffs. There's certain things in the playoffs you gotta you gotta be more fair about. So. Um, that's fair, right? I mean, that that's fair. That if a team goes down and scores a touchdown, the other team has a, gets the ball and they have a chance to score a touchdown. Because not that there's been a ton of situations, but we've, we've had it a couple times where a team got the ball, they went down and scored, and then that's it. The game's over. The other team doesn't touch the ball. Yeah, it was pointed out by Adam Schefter. The reason why the rule passed today was basically simply this. Over the last 10 years, teams that won the overtime coin flip in the playoffs were 10-2. and two. Seven of those 10 wins came on the first possession. So over the last 10 years, 10 and 2, if you win the coin flip, and seven of those 10 times, it's because you went down and you scored on the first possession, and that was it. But, that was the ball. But not game. all of them were touchdowns, right? Some were, were some of them like they kicked the field goal and the other team got the ball and didn't score? I don't. You know what? That's a really good question. I, I, I think don't have the specifics. Well, I think you, that's you, I think that's true. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Yeah. But but they want to just make sure that in the and they don't want to do it in the regular season. That's fine. They just want to make sure that fairness is extended to the postseason to create a little bit better drama. Those rules were made official today. When we come back, only seven games remain for most players to make their MVP case. Is it already open and shut? Is it impossible for Devin Booker to crack the top three? Most seem to think yes, it is impossible. That's next. Burns and Gambo.